It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Celtics get their second straight blowout win, and they did it with the defense. It's the Locked On Celtics Podcast, 100% Zion-free. Millies, let's go. Rainy J's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. It's the best way. Melly. Well, I hope we're all feeling a little bit better after the Boston Celtics 119-95 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. Going to walk you through some of the things that happened in this game. Little reaction, and then I am off to Orlando, where the Boston Celtics start a three-game road trip. Orlando, New Orleans, and Miami. So, yes, I'm very excited to be going to Orlando, New Orleans, and Miami. Sorry, Boston. Love you but I'm getting the hell out of this cold and going down to Florida for a few days. Celtics very excited to be heading down to the warmth and very excited to be going down there with a two-game win streak, uh, two huge monster blowout wins, a game that should have been a 30-point, 40-point win had it not just been for complete garbage time in the fourth quarter where the Celtics bench kind of just didn't do anything. And so they lost the fourth quarter 32-20. to 20. You want to get mad at that? Go for it. Celtics in the first quarter, by the way, were down two after the first quarter. And part of the problem was that they let the Grizzlies get hot. The Grizzlies came out and, you know, there was a little back and forth here. Uh, the Celtics got a little, uh, they, they were a little cold to start, but then... And Memphis was definitely cold to start. And then Memphis started hitting their threes in the first quarter. And Marcus Smart, especially in the first quarter, was was not hitting his threes. And you started to wonder about, like, okay, how, how's this going to go here? Um, they were doing an okay job on John Morant, but Jaron Jackson was a gigantic problem for them. And he went off early and, and scored a ton of points in that first quarter. And show like his length, his shooting ability, even though that shot looks a little weird, he showed that he can hit threes, he can he can drive. I mean, he he's gonna be we talk about Jaw all the time, and a lot of people, if you if you haven't paid attention to the Grizzlies, they'll talk about John Morant and Jaron Jackson in tandem with one another. And this is why. I mean, Jaron Jackson is just a beast, a huge dude. He was blocking shots. And so anyway. He was, uh, he got going and Memphis went on a 12-2 run and the, the Celtics were able to kind of hang a little bit, but they went six minutes without missing a shot. The Grizzlies did in the first quarter, which you talk about things balancing out. They went almost seven minutes in the second quarter without making a shot. 
And the Boston Celtics whipped off a 23 to nothing run, where this game really turned. So John Morant didn't hit his first basket until the second quarter, and then Jason Tatum started to take over. Kemba Walker wasn't wasn't feeling it. He didn't have it going, but Jason Tatum... I gotta say, Jason Tatum played kind of like a big boy game in this. In the past couple of games, I asked Brad Stevens after the game if he felt like Jason Tatum's game was kind of maturing, and he... He's not one to give a ton of of credit in these types of scenarios, but this is what he said. Each game presents a different opportunity. He's extremely focused at getting to the rim, as he should be, and then it's about the rim reads. Not always going to be there if you don't draw a foul or make a layup. Those rim reads can turn into points on the other end. He's gotten good at playing off two feet, at finishing, at making the right read on kickouts. All of those things that are the next step once you get there all the time. This is all a process, and he grows by the minute. He just does so many things that are ridiculously good. When he improves in an area, it happens quickly. I think what we're seeing out of Jason Tatum is, earlier in the season, he was attacking. Like, at all costs, attacking, and which is great. We wanted him to attack. And I said at the time, even though he was missing at the rim and missing basically all of his layups... I was happy to see the aggressiveness. And then after a while, him doing that, the aggressiveness kind of gave way to floaters. And there was a stretch there where he was just taking a ton of floaters. And so it was interesting. Like I, you know, I asked him about it at that point. And, you know, he's just trying to work on his game. And then he started to work on his step back threes and, and taking a ton of step back threes. And now it's all starting to kind of come together. And I saw Tom Westerholm tweet it. And it. we all love to react in the moment. But if you really take a step back, and especially now that we're just past the halfway point of the season, and you realize all of the different stages that Jason Tatum is, has gone through, it's almost like the, the old rockets firing into space where they would go in stages. And the first part of the rocket would fall off after that fuel burned. And then another thing would kick in and and make it go higher. And then that would fall off. And then another engine would kick in and that would make it go higher. And eventually it got into orbit. Kind of what Jason Tatum has been doing with his game. He's taking these steps and slowly figuring it out. The finishes at the rim have gone up significantly percentage-wise. The the finishes on drives, the finishes on his floaters, the all of these things are starting to pick up in percentage, pick up in efficiency. And in a game like this where he was able to uh, pick up the slack for the Celtics and and carry the team when things weren't falling for others, and he finished, by the way, with 23 points on 9 of 18 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, which is 43%. Only a couple of free throws. That continues to be like the one problem that he that he has, just not getting to the line enough. That could, that could take him to a 30-point score. But 23 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals and a block, and who knows how many deflections. That is a much more mature game out of Jason Tatum. And I'm starting to see things kind of come together. So Jason Tatum 
in the fourth quarter was uh, really carrying the Boston Celtics. So the fourth, the, the, I'm sorry, the second quarter carrying the Boston Celtics. Really, the whole thing was predicated off the, the Celtics defense. The Like I said, the Grizzlies didn't score for about seven minutes. They got a bucket at the end of the first half, at the end of the second quarter from Jonas Valanciunas that broke a 23 to nothing run. But 23 straight points for the Celtics. Uh, that was a, just a defensive clinic. Deflections. Blocked shots, challenged shots, playing together, rotating together, not letting John Morant, who wants to get downhill, not letting him be the the spark of the Memphis offense, uh, withstanding the punch that Memphis threw early on and how they got hot and then still coming through and responding, all very good things. So... Uh, the types of things that we want from the Boston Celtics, that defense, and then that turning into offense in transition, and that turning into the ball movement and a lot of assists, perfect. Just a perfect response from the Boston Celtics, two games in a row now, where they've done this. Much more from the game after the break, including Marcus Smart's ridiculous passing and Javante with some good minutes. As many of you know, in a past life, I used to hire people as part of my job, and that was tough. And when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know whether you've made the right hire at all? So Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes. You can use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants and fast. Also, add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make your hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? 
Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the Screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, Rejecting the Screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Halfway through the second quarter, uh, the Celtics got the ball in transition. Kemba Walker was on the floor, and Javante Green reached down to pick him up and sprinted down the center of the floor. Marcus Smart on the right elbow saw him coming, turned his back to the lane, and flipped a pass behind his own ear to Javante Green for the layup and the foul. Uh, Marcus Smart, fancy passer. He made a number of fancy passes, a number of spectacular passes. Marcus Smart, for those of you who know me, who've been around, who've seen me, I have talked about Marcus Smart's passing from the beginning, from like his second year as a Celtic. He has demonstrated that he is a fantastic passer, and now I would say he's probably the best passer on the team. I mean, this guy can just... Thread needles, he can get the ball where it needs to be, he can hit it with some spin, and I think in this game he was really trying to show off a little bit. Uh, I asked him about the fancy passing afterwards, and he said, that's what I do, I'm a playmaker, a facilitator, and these guys know as long as you cut and you cut with your eyes on the ball, I'll get it there. If you're cutting and not looking, the ball might hit you in the face, so everybody that's cutting now has their hands ready. These guys see me make passes like that all the time and practice and things like that. That's just something I do. Uh, even on, on Twitter, I got this tweet from at uh, ProfChop who used the hashtag LOCeltics. Marcus Smart is a magician with those sleight of hand behind the back dimes he's dropping tonight. He's, uh, he's just, he's very good at that. And I, what I can appreciate from Marcus Smart is that he missed, I think, his first four or five three-pointers and then just kind of backed off. And was two of six in the night, which is not great, but it's still 33%, so not bad. It's a little lower, just a tick lower. But missing all of those shots early in the first quarter and still coming through in other ways and not forcing it, I think is a very nice sign of maturity because in my notes, like one of the first things that I have written down is Marcus Smart just keeps firing away and missing. So he was uh, not great, not hot, but he did other things. Also doing other things, uh, Kemba Walker, who, before I get to Kemba, actually, I I just want to shout out Javante Green because Javante in the second quarter was... Very productive. And he was on the floor for a significant amount of that run. So if you look at the plus minus, well, 
Javante was on the floor at the end, too, where the Celtics blew that big lead. But look, Carson Edwards was a minus 12. All those guys who got in at the end of garbage time were minus, big minuses. Javante Green's plus minus was so good from being on the floor in the second quarter that he was still a positive at the end when the Celtics lost that fourth quarter by 12. So I'm going to say that that knocked off 12 points. So he was a plus 16, probably, going into that. And if the NBA stat site worked and showed me quarter-by-quarter breakdowns, I'd have an actual answer for you, but that's not working tonight. So shout-out to Javante Green for being active and part of that and and making a little bit of a difference there. He, you know, 5 of 7 from the line, 9 points, couple of assists. Not a bad night from Javante Green. Okay, Kemba. Kemba was not uh, shooting well. By the time he actually hit his first shot, was the third quarter. And when he did finally hit his first shot, he was yelling probably louder than Jalen was when he dunked on LeBron. So, uh, yeah, he needed a couple of shots to fall. But the two shots that he hit were actually part of a 12-0 run in the third quarter that iced this game. And I never really thought that Memphis would come back. I don't think that they're... They're generally the type that's going to come back on the road. The way things were going, it felt like the Celtics were in total control. But they made like uh, they were they were still hanging around. And then Gordon Hayward hit a three. Kemba hit two threes back to back, basically, and that was it. That was a twelve zero run from there, and the the Celtics were just cruising from there. Uh, they got the lead as high as. 38, uh, 38, <laughs> they outscored Memphis by f- 41 to 19 in the third quarter in, let's do some quick math here. The Celtics in the second and third quarters had 74 points to, uh, 36, 74, 36. It, whew, that's, that's a hell of a blowout in, in the middle two quarters, um, so the Celtics were uh, just cooking, and Kemba didn't have to do anything. And after the the game, Brad Stevens actually sung Kemba's praises for being able to impact the game with backdoor cuts and back screens and and other things. And and I I think it's important to kind of recognize Kemba for that level of play and that level of desire to help these guys. I mean, they, he could come in as the max guy and the, um, the new superstar and, and kind of like try to plant his flag in the middle of the locker room and say, I am the leader. I'm the guy. And in the midst of a scoring slump or a shooting slump, demand the ball so he can shoot his way out of the slump. We've seen players do that before. It's not out of the question to see a player, a star player, demand the ball and try to shoot his way into a a bit of a hot streak. Uh, It happens all the time. Happens in certain cities more than others, Houston, right? But it's just, uh, he, he doesn't do that. And in this game, he was fine settling for nine shots and that's what the game was for him two of nine 
Those two shots, like I said, came in the third quarter, hit a couple of free throws. You got foul taking a three early on in the game, hit two of three. So eight points for Kemba. And four assists, three rebounds. Just the, you look at it and you're like, oh, blah game. Two steals, two blocks though. He was still defending his ass off and doing other little things like, like I said. So clearing space, getting out of the way even. Like for Kemba, just getting out of the way is important sometimes because he takes people with him. He takes defenders with him and he clears out space and just that little bit of awareness and that and not being disruptive. I can't begin to stress how important it is for a player of Kemba's caliber, an all-star starter, probably a max player. I cannot stress how important it is for him to not be disruptive in moments like this. And he wasn't. And coming after last season, I think we can appreciate why I think that is a very important thing. So shouts to Kemba for doing the little things in this to help facilitate the Celtics win. Again, it all started with the defense and he was there defending and and playing good, being in position. Uh, I thought that Kemba and Mark Smart afterwards said, yeah, look, he had a great game. Just didn't show up in the box score. And he I thought he did. I mean, great game. He had a good game. I thought he I, he played well. He didn't shoot well. Going to wrap this show up with some random thoughts and a couple more shout outs. Daniel Tice, shout out to you, buddy. You're going to get some love after the break. Want to let you all know about mental fitness and the Calm app. I am a huge believer in mental fitness, mental health. It's one of my number one priorities in life. I know how something as simple as taking care of yourself mentally can be uh, a a deterrent to bigger problems. If you can just find the time to treat yourself mentally like you do physically, you go to the gym, you exercise, you run, you walk, but you don't do some of these things mentally. And that's where the Calm app comes in. It's the number one app for sleep and meditation. And it's teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm, they know your mind works like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help train your brain to sleep better and have less stress so you can perform at your best. Sleeping better, I cannot begin to tell you how much better your life will be if you can just sleep better. So, get the Calm app. LeBron knows it's an important part of his mental fitness routine, and if you go to Calm dot com slash locked on NBA, you can get 40% off a calm premium membership. It gives you access to things like nature scenes, which LeBron loves. I love them. Uh, the rain on leaves is great and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. So for a limited time, listeners of locked on Celtics can join LeBron in using calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm com slash locked on NBA. You can unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com slash locked on NBA. That's com C A L M dot com slash locked on NBA.
Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. A big part of that second quarter run was Daniel Tice going off from three. He finished with 14 points, three of three, perfect three of three from the three-point line, and that ties a career high. Daniel Tice hitting those shots is obviously huge because that opens up so much, and when you force Jaron Jackson, who was a problem in the first quarter, if you force him away from the hoop and the Celtics can attack, then that that just it it does so much more than put points on the board because it's sort of like you're scoring without scoring later in the game when you're there when you're out there and you're a threat and you're creating space for other guys to do things that's why the threat is so important like just it doesn't matter how well He's shooting necessarily. Like, is he shooting 34? Is he shooting 38? Is he shooting 40? Like, it, that part, it's it's not really the most important thing. It's the knowledge that he can shoot from there. And he's shooting 32% from three this year. If you dare him and you give it to him and he's open, then... He hits one or two, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> we got to guard this guy. And that opens up so much, and and then the rest of the Celtics can kind of do their thing. Shout out to Ennis Cantor. Uh, I thought for a second there that Jaron Jackson was going to be too much for him to handle. and uh, But in 19 minutes, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, a, a nice night for him. Uh, also have to mention Jason Tatum had a, a groin injury in this. I know I saved that for the end, and maybe people had wanted to know about that a little earlier, but I kind of forgot about it a little bit because after the game, Brad Stevens said that he, he wasn't too concerned about it. Now, the groin is tricky, and that's not a joke. The groin is tricky. Uh, it can it can linger. Uh, it can stay sore for a while. It can be something that you. it really has to be Again, I know immature sounds funny. You got to treat it gently and be sure uh, because a groin strain is it can be debilitating. And if you try to play through it, it can get a lot worse very fast. So uh, I I don't know exactly the extent of the injury. He's going to get it tested at some point on Thursday before they leave. For Florida, I assume that he's still going to travel with the team. As Brad Stevens joked after the game when he was asked if Jalen Brown would travel with the team, he's like, yeah, uh, it's going to be 60 degrees warmer down there. He's going to travel. Even if he's got his foot in ice, he's going to Florida. You bet you're, You better believe he's going to Florida. And so is Jason Tatum. He'll go down there to get his rehab done down there. No problem. So... Uh, but if if it's any indication, uh, he came back out. He did have the right uh, thigh tape, uh, not tape, wrapped like an ace bandage. And then by the end of the game, it happened in the third quarter. And so obviously they didn't need him. And then by the time the game was over and he was walking off the floor, the wrap was off. Um, he wasn't limping. He wasn't favoring it. 
He took his shoes off to sign something for some kids. He didn't wasn't wincing. Um, so he was walking around and it seemed to not be horrible. And as a person who has suffered a groin injury before, that says a lot to me. Uh, it's, again, though, even if it's minor, it's still they should they should just be super 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 careful with that. So if he feels anything less than 100%, even if he's at like 99%, sit him against Orlando. I I don't care because that 1% can turn into something a lot bigger and we don't need that. What else is there? Um, I have my notes, Gordon Drive and Dunk. He had a a nice drive and a, a very strong finish. And I bring it up only because after the Phoenix game where he didn't dunk that alley-oop and people are like, oh, this is where he lost his athleticism. This is he, He's not athletic anymore. I think the past couple of games have shown that. that he, no, he didn't dunk it. I think he was kind of caught in between in that Phoenix game and he just, whatever, that happens. I've seen that happen to players uh, that have never suffered an injury. He's looked pretty athletic in some, some of these other games. So there is explosiveness Within him, I thought that was notable. Shout out to Shemi Ojale for flexing on a layup in the second quarter. Um, I thought that was awesome. No, first quarter. First quarter. Drove, hung in the air, flipped one up, went in, and <laughs> flexing. It was awesome. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got in my notes. Nice win. Now the Celtics go to Orlando, New Orleans, Miami. Three very tough games for three very different types of teams. And so we'll see if the Celtics can take this on the road. Uh, I think that some of what has helped is the slight easing of the schedule. Now let's see if going on the road takes any toll on them. We'll see if, uh, if they can carry that through. So a kind of important stretch, I would say. Want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Indeed.com. If you go to Indeed.com slash locked on, you can get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. There are terms, conditions, and exclusions that apply to that, and that offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. And calm.com, that's C-A-L-M, calm.com slash locked on MBA. You can get 40% off an annual membership at Calm that has content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. I hope you sleep well after this Boston Celtics blowout win over the Memphis Grizzlies. If you are a new listener, thank you. Welcome. Hope you've enjoyed the show enough to subscribe. All of you regular listeners, a five-star rating and a good written review. I want to thank everybody who sent me messages over the past week. I really appreciate the feedback. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now, wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.